All right. Hey, everybody. This is Marcia Reiner with Profit with a Plan podcast. Boy, do I have a treat for you today on the show. I've got the king of memorabilia, the, the collectible master, and the guy that can build relationships with the superstars in sports. I've got Brandon Steiner on today's show. So check it out on Profit with a Plan. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner, known as The Profit Booster. I'm a business growth strategist, and I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guide your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something really special just for you, my podcast audience. If you want to supercharge your business, avoid profit plateaus and operational headaches, and don't forget those growth roadblocks, well, I've created a grand, brand new Profit Booster Playbook just for you. You'll uncover five essential strategies and the quick ways to take action on them. Now, this is not just a single page report. This is a 25-page novella with impactful strategies, actionable steps, and expert guidance to elevate your profits painlessly. Let's make 2024 your best year ever. Go download this free playbook at boostingprofit.com. All right, as I said, uh, my guest today is the incredible Brandon Steiner. Brandon started Steiner Sports back in 1987 with a one-room office, $4,000, and a single Mac computer. I'm sure it's that big bubble one, too. Today, Steiner Sports is the most successful memorabilia company of its kind with over $35 million in annual sales. His mindset has always been to become fearless. And that mentality has helped him secure partnerships with some of the most elite names in sports, like Derek Jeter, Eli Manning, Mark Messier, Go Hockey, and Camelo Anthony, among others. Brandon's secret to growing your business is by differentiating yourself from the competition through building relationships, motivating your team, increasing profitability, and anticipating your customers' needs. Brandon, thank you. Welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. Well, thanks for having me. First, I just got to jump in on one small uh, footnote. And okay, that is, yeah. you know, I, I started Steiner, a great company uh, in 1987, but I'm not with Steiner for four years now. My new company is Collectible Exchange and the Steiner Agency. Now, the Steiner Agency does exactly what you do. I help people grow and become more profitable with the use of athletes and celebrities. And that, I'm, so I'm a lot more narrow focused, but if you were trying to build your business, business, I can show you some different ways of using athletes and sports to do it. And then Collectible Exchange is, is a marketplace now, which combined with Starstock.com, if you're a trading card person, if you have trading cards, everybody's got trading cards from when they were a kid or whatever. Anyway, those cards are you're able to buy and sell. We help, we actually help you buy and sell. And more importantly, if you have a collection, you have stuff you want to get rid of, somebody's left it for you. Um, it's kind of like a form of eBay, even though we're kind of partnered up with eBay these days on some things. 
I just think there's so many people that are sitting with so many collectibles they don't know what to do with. As an entrepreneur, I figure I better come up with a solution. And that's really my new company. I love Steiner. It was a great company. I'm glad that my legacy is still popping. People love Steiner collectibles. I still create collectibles with my new company, uh, Collectible Exchange. But at 60 years old, man, I, I changed direction. I want to do something different. And uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. I always say, if it's not broke, break it. And that's exactly what I did. And this new website, I never had more than like 40,000 items on Steiner. And we have 150,000. And then a million and a half trading cards. So just a whole nother ball game. Uh, if you're a collector, you found the right guy in the right place. But we're going to get into a couple other things in this call. If you're not a sports fan, you should you should stay right where you are. If you are a sports fan, you may enjoy the conversation a little bit more. But either way, by the end of this conversation, you will grow and you're going to have some tips how to make more money. I love it. I love it. Thank you for the for the 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 pitch on the on the show because you know what I think it's really important that um, growing your business you know is obviously a really really important thing to do because if you're not growing you're dying and there's so many ways to do it and I love how you've evolved throughout the years and you know 60 is the new 40 I'm thinking you know so so we can continue on well, and and do things that we love. Let me say this you know if you're right you're rotten if you're green you're growing and if you're rest you're gonna rust but i think the it, it's not true that 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 growing your business is important growing your business is everything growth <laughs> is everything you know what i mean like if you really want if you want to be miserable stop growing if you really <laughs> want to look at the secret passageway to being happy it resides on the cross section of gratitude and growth so if you're not grateful for what you have, regardless of whether you think you should have more or not, you need to have an increased level of gratitude all the time because you'd be surprised just being born and being in this country, this part of the world. I mean, there's a million things to be grateful for. But then to me, the way I rate my relationships and my business is all through growth. I always say, you know, you got to be a rose, rate of self-effectiveness. And when I don't look at my employees, other than most importantly, their enthusiasm, and their rate of growth. Are they getting better? Are they looking to do more? Because if they are, they're going to be happier employees. And exactly. most employees are not happy. Why? They're not challenged, they're not growing, or they're not appreciated gratitude. So if you're running a company, turn the volume up on gratitude. I have a five to one rule. Before I go and tell an employee and bitch at him about something I don't like, I'm going to give them five positive uh, reinforcement strokes. And then I can go to them and say, by the way, I don't like this. I want you to do more. I want you to fix this. But I love this, love this, love this, love this. So I have a five to one ratio. And I'm constantly just looking at my staff and pushing for growth. Because if they're challenged and they're growing, and I'm showing some gratitude, more than likely, they're not going to pick up and leave, which is what we see so much in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So if you want your company to grow, first thing you want to do is stop your people from leaving. You know what I mean? Try to keep the most important people with you. And same thing with your clients. Like, you know, you got to come at your clients. And I always say, you got to earn your keep. That's the most important common denominator of all of it. Like, you want to stay married a long time? Wake up every morning and earn your keep. Mm. Don't take your wife or husband or partner for granted. Earn your keep. Whatever it may be. You know the little things you're going to do. It's going to put a smile on your partner's face. Earn it. Don't, don't, no matter how much money you make and how important you think you are. Get home, unload the dishwasher, fold the laundry, go pick up some groceries, earn your keep. And same thing with your clients. No matter how big the business is, how much you've helped them grow, earn your keep. 
that's the common denominator that allows you to first get to the front of it to now grow and blow it up. Those wow. you know, that's a simple basic, you know, but true. Golden nuggets shared right here. That was super valuable and and right on point. And when we talk about growth, and I say this all the time, we're not talking about necessarily market domination where you've got to take over Amazon, but we're talking about having that 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 forward momentum where you're outperforming inflation, you're outbeating the competition, and you're thinking about ways to improve, right? Innovate what you're doing. And I love saying, you know, coming in and going, I got to earn my keep today. I got to earn the right to work with my customers, keep my employees and 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 keep going. Fantastic words of wisdom. Do you want me to get into the real hardcore of it all? Yeah. I'm happy to. Because, you know, you're sitting out there like, yeah, I got to grow. But what does that mean? How do you do it? Well, first of all, I, I think it's a fair question. You know, it's like everybody knows they got to grow. They got to get the sales numbers up. But how do you get in the mindset to do it? And, and the way you do that is take a breath. Keep the forecasting to, you know, to keep don't get over. Don't start overthinking and over forecasting. What you need to do is create enthusiasm and curiosity. If your curiosity level is not at an all-time high, like the way you were when you were 11, already you're holding back on potential growth. Because curiosity will bring you to growth because it means you care. It's showing you want to learn more. So turn up the curiosity. Second thing is you got to turn up your enthusiasm. Now, the root word of enthusiasm is enthusios. That means to be with God. Hmm. So when you have enthusiasm, a big part of growth is having faith. And being able to have see something that no one else can see or be able to believe and see something that's not even there yet. That's a big part of growth. Like if you really want to have substantial growth, it's it's you gotta have enthusiasm, curiosity, and you know, tied in with faith because you're trying to do something that isn't exactly happening at the moment. Now remember, like when you think about it, and the reason why we're we're all primed for this is think about all the species that are in the world. Animals. Bears, cubs, dogs, cats, goldfish, you know, rats, birds, right? None of them can get that. None of them can grow. None of them are going to be anything different than what we see. A zebra, elephant, all of them, none of them are going to get better. You're never waking up in the morning and your dog would have walked itself, fed itself, reading the New York Times. It's never happening. But humans, no matter what we are faced with, at least as we see over the course of time, has been able to step up and grow and, and really raise their level to deal with the challenges that we've had to deal with. When you look at the growth just in the last 20 years, let alone the last 100, it's incredible, the growth. So if you're not growing because you don't feel like it, just do it for the simple reason, like what an opportunity you're here. And one of the main reasons why you're here is to grow. That's, mm. that's like the main fundamental reason why we're here. So you, your mindset has to be highly curious, highly enthusiastic, but because you're here, and regardless of what job you have, regardless of what company or business you have, and then the second thing is to help others. When you combine growing and helping others, which is another one of the main reasons why we're here, not to fill your pockets and just to your own ego, but helping others will give you will really the best joy you're ever going to get, whether it's helping your employees, helping other companies grow, using your services and product to help you grow. It's huge. It's everything. So remember, like, the two reasons why you're here, growth help others. Obviously, we talked about happiness, but if you think about it, it's like, how do you get in the mindset? You know, don't overthink it. Just 
am I curious? Like, when was the last time you picked up a book? When was the last time you maybe met somebody else that's on a higher level in your business and asked them how they got there? Just constantly trying to find out the different little, you know, the different little strategies of where you are versus where you want to go is critical. I always say it doesn't matter where you're at. What matters is what you want to accept. Once you're not willing to accept where you're at, boom, in comes the enthusiasm. Boom, in comes the curiosity. You're not willing to accept where you're at. You're going to do something about it. Yeah. You're divorced. You don't have a, you, you want to get a new boyfriend. You want to get a new husband, let's say. Assuming you're a woman, let's say. I'm not accepting this anymore. What do you do? Well, first thing I do is maybe I'm going to go and reset, maybe get new makeup, new hair, new clothes, maybe go train better, feel better. This one lady, she was a high-level executive, <laughs> amazing, very successful. She's 34 years old. She decides her next big goal is she wants to find the right guy to get married. What does she do? She goes and takes a part-time job at Nordstrom Shoe Store. <laughs> and engaged within eight months and married in a year and a half. It's like, she just said, I'm not going to be single anymore. Now she could have said, oh, I'm this big executive. I'm a poor to make all this money. No, she got scrappy. She wasn't willing to accept where she was at and did something about it. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't great, you know, putting shoes on men's feet when you're an executive, but Hey, did what you got to do, do what you got to do to get to where you want to go. As far as your growth. The question is not whether you want going to grow or not. The question is that you want to do the things you need to grow. That's the that's the issue at hand. It really like, like to me at sixty five. I, mean, I feel like I'm a, a teenager when it comes to my, what I know, my growth, and what I'm willing to do. And that's the problem. As you get older, you start coming up with this list of shit that you won't do. Mm. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. I don't do this. I don't do that. And that's where the enthusiasm starts dropping. And then you want to know why you're not getting the corner office, you're not getting the big promotion, or your sales aren't going, growing. Yeah, you know that that humbleness, right? You know, um, nobody got to where they went, where they are, or where they want to go by doing the same thing. You have to do something different. So I love that mentality to it. But let's talk a little bit about how we do that, how we build, and where you actually had your. Um, your experiences and and the way that you actually grew your company through relationships, right? And you grew them by meeting some really fantastic people. How'd you go about doing that? I think that the way you go about meeting fantastic people is the way you go about meeting anybody you want to meet, which is you need to figure out what value you can provide to someone that'd be mm -hmm. worth them wanting to hold on to you and keep you around. And you know, value is what you could do for someone they can't do for themselves. So when I meet somebody successful or even a bigger name or when I met the Yankees and partnered up with them or whether it's a, a Eli Manning or Mark Messier or first thing that comes to mind is like, what could I do for them? What can I help them with that they may not be able to do themselves? Mm. I'm trying to find, I'm like a doctor. I'm trying to find that nerve of something that's bugging them, something that's keeping them up at night or something that's been really excited about that's getting them up early in the morning that I can go pile on and help them get excited, even more excited. But the problem is when most people see a big account, they see a very high profile opportunity. The first thing they're thinking about is either they're nervous or here's what, here's what I can get. Wow, this is going to be great for me. That's mm. the last thing I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about what can I do for that person? What mm. value proposition? How can I help them with something that's important to them? I would say you got to know who's important and what's important and do what's important for who's important every day. So when you meet somebody that's important, think about what's important to them and do it. Mm. Simple. 
And I think I think you don't even need to, you know, your customers are important to you. As you mentioned earlier, your spouse or potential partner is important to you. So you got to do things that are important to them. And I love that mentality um, to be able to do that. Now you've you've got a you've got an unusual list of of you know high big exposure names uh, that are friends with you. How did you get in front of them? I mean, I'm sure you just didn't walk up and go, "Hey, you know, here here, here I am, and here's how I can help you." Right? You did you did it a I, different no, way, really right? No, I really did. I really did. I got in front of them and said, "I think I have an idea to help you." And, you know, it's funny. Like I've been calling people for 45 years with the line to say, hey, I think I got an idea that could help you. I think I have an idea you can make some money that can save you some money. I think I have an idea that can help you with something that's really important. To you. So you that's just go down to the basics and go, I got something for you. you. Are you are you curious, right? Exactly, but you got to have something. Like You have to put the thought and time into thinking about what it's like to be this person and what mm. they're going through. You got to do the research. In this day and age, it's a little easier because you can start Googling, looking around, really trying to follow this person, see what they're going through. And, and then you got to come up with a value proposition that maybe you can offer them that's going to help them. In a lot of cases with the athletes I work with, it could be a charity angle or it could be setting something up for maybe a family member or it could be just setting up kind of a you know, kind of a home base for them to do something. Everybody's got something that they want to do more of and they can use some help with it. And your job is to figure out what it is, kind mm. of a little bit like what a doctor does. He starts poking around, he's testing. Thing. he's checking he's looking and then he figure out what's wrong he's not he doesn't know until he checks the same thing with you when you find somebody that's successful you want to work with or a company that really is enticing to work with go find out what they need help with and figure out how you can figure out how to solve a problem for them it sounds really basic but as my son it always is, says though. you know dad he goes dad you know you're not that smart i'm really not i'm not that smart but the basic truth will set you will, will really set you in the right direction and you know, to keep it really simple. But a lot of people get really confused. And I always say, like, if you really want to grow your business, you really want to increase your entrepreneur spirit, like increase your common sense. Mm. And the way you do that is, you know, when you think about the definition of empathy, increase your empathy is putting yourself in a common person's shoes. So, you know, when you say common sense, like put get out of your head, which is what everybody's so absorbed in your own thinking, your own head. I need this. I got to get that number. And get out of your head and get into other people's heads. It's like, what is that client thinking? What is she thinking? What is he needing? What is he feeling? What are they going through? So when I call somebody, I try to make believe that I'm in their office. And mm. I'm kind of trying to figure out what's going on in that office for them, what's going on. In there, you know, and then, then I see how I can kind of, you know, work my way in. So I always say, if you want to increase your, you want to really increase your entrepreneur spirit, increase your common sense, increase your empathy, you know, Sell with empathy, you know, sell with compassion, which means get out of your head and try to understand your customer as much as you can down to the core. Uh, believe it or not, if you spend enough time, your customer will tell you and you'll then realize you're not getting all the business or you'll realize you have no chance of getting the business unless you do X or Y. But until you get into their head and their feelings and their mindset, you're really taking a real shot in the dark. And to me, relationships are everything. So I'll spend the time with customers, with people to make sure that I fully understand what's going on with them. And then, boom, I'm going to figure out how I can add value. I and love it. I tell you, it worked out pretty well for me. I can imagine. I mean, you you got some pretty cool opportunities along the way, right? I created a lot of cool opportunities. I didn't get them. And, mm. I, and, I, and, and, and I, you know, I, I get to do a lot of these cool opportunities. I don't got to do them, but I get to. 
And and I think that's a big one 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 letter change. You don't gotta do anything, but you get to do a lot of things. And when you do, again, the gratitude, you gotta realize like, hey, there's a lot of people more than likely could probably do what you do. So make sure you always lead them with love and gratitude when you do land these businesses. But you know, you, you know, it's the hard part of the business is not the physicality, especially when you own your own business. You used to work really hard because you actually got to work a little less physically hard and start really working hard up here to try mm-hmm. and think about what other people are thinking about, how certain businesses are moving and how maybe you can play into them. And I think that's the hardest work is, you know, I wake up at four in the morning. I'm trying to think of, you know, what's going on with this business? What's going on with this industry that I don't even know that much about. I got to start digging in and trying to understand. So when I talk to this person, I understand that the stock market is down in the tubes and they're really hurting because maybe their portfolio is down and this and that. So, you know, again, empathy and put yourself in the other people's shoes is critical. I think that's amazing. This is this is just incredible wisdom, listeners, that you couldn't get from anybody, you know, anybody else that didn't have the experience and and was not willing to share. And I think that, you know, the best way we always talk about um, know your client, know your customer, know the market that you're going into. But I love the way that you say step into them, right? Step into their shoes, walk a minute with them, kind of feel out where their problems are and where their where their worries and concerns are, and then figure out how you can solve that problem or help find it or introduce them to somebody else. I mean, there's so many things that we can do, and I think that's the caring side of business rather than, well, gee, if I nail this client, I'm going to, I'm going to hit my sales goal for the, for the month, you know, now because I did this right. And stop thinking about you and think about them. So this, this is super valuable for, for how to really differentiate yourself because then you're not just building or a relationship with a customer, but potentially a, a, a friend you know, a real relationship with somebody that could go for years and not just one transaction and done, right? There's a TED Talk, uh, Brandon Steiner, Syracuse, uh, Dirt. Yeah, how I sold over $50 million of dirt. I highly recommend it. And really kind of gives you an understanding about the enthusiasm, curiosity, and um, your first idea is not your best idea kind of thing, which is another thing that really drives me crazy when I ask my, how you do? Everything's great. I'm like, place there's always room for you know there's always room to take your best idea and make it better those are the great ones and that's kind of like my that's something i always strive for but for me like you know listen I, i've made millions of dollars and even at, at 65 years old i'm using these same principles for my first book like my really basic principles to start this new business you know go the extra mile you know do the little things i wish i was actually hang on one second i'll show you this book here so there's this book here, right? This is a book. I mean, well worn, well read. No, no, this is from 1929. This is almost wow. 100 years old. This book. Wow. It's a milk company sales book. It's no joke. Like, it's called Tips for a Traveling Salesman. I don't know if you can read that. Yes, right? that's amazing. And then I want to show you this. It says here, what's crazy about this? If you see the copyright. I don't know if you can read that, 1929. Wow. You see that? Yeah. So what's crazy about this book is like, like use more of your ear, less tongue, put service before samples, mention quality before price, don't take no for a final answer, <laughs> get after the brass tactics quickly, build goodwill with your firm. Like 
there's nothing really changing in a hundred years. So wow. it's not that much I can say to you, but you know, for me, so when, when I, you know, I've made millions and I, at 60, when, when I, it was a hostile takeover, I kind of got thrown out of my old company and I made a ton of money. You know, what do you do? But I'm in the same boat as anyone else. Like I'm, I may believe that I was like 20 years old again. I'm waking up broke. Maybe I don't have anything. Not resting on my laurels. And I go back to basics. And for me, like it started when I was 12 and I was delivering newspapers. And I was trying to open up all these accounts and I couldn't get anybody to open them up. And finally, I went to this old woman's uh, apartment in Brooklyn on the fourth floor. It was 11 o'clock at night. That's how desperate I was to try to get her, get the paper delivered. Nobody was saying yes. And this contest, whoever, whoever opened up the most accounts would win a box of candy bars. So finally, I go to the woman. This is the second time at her apartment. She's like, are you crazy ringing my door about 11? She's going, I said, man, just <laughs> a minute. I just had an idea. If it's Durant, she was like 75, 80 years old. I had an idea that I thought would be relevant for you. And if there's torrential downpour, snow, ice, really heat wave, I mean, really bad weather out there, a woman such yourself shouldn't be going out getting the newspaper. I'll bring you that newspaper every morning at 6.30, and I'll bring you milk and bagels every Wednesday and Sunday. So in case you need anything, I'll help you get it. She's like, you would do that? And I'm like, yeah. Now, I didn't realize leading to everyone. So I went from 29 dailies to 199 dailies. She turned me out to her whole neighborhood and I was delivering more milk and bagels. Now, listen, I think there's a lot of lessons learned at a 12 year old, but I think it was the most pivotal one I've ever, ever had, which is one, you know, stop selling, start serving and solving, mm. you know, find a problem, serve, solve. You can never go wrong. Here I am helping an elderly person thinking I can get us some bread, get us some milk. That's helpful. But what's amazing about that story is when I look back on it, as a 12-year-old, I was able to get out of my head and make believe what it would be like to be a 75, 80-year-old woman, you know, really in an apartment building when the weather's bad, like, that must be really scary. So, like, if you could really get out of your head, I just want you to understand how this worked for me. I mean, I won multiple boxes of candy bars and lit it up. So you understand how getting out of your head you know, and really getting to other people's mindset with enthusiasm can lead to amazing things. Yeah. And it did for me. And I've never looked back. I went to the Yankees to do a deal with the Yankees. They didn't need me. I mean, the Yankees, the biggest brand of all of sports. But I went to them with an idea that I thought that maybe it was a problem for them. And when I did, they liked that idea. And they told me another problem they were having. And I went and figured out a great sales pitch to solve those problems. It wasn't a moneymaker. It wasn't. But it led to being a moneymaker and end up being a game changer for the industry and probably one of my biggest deals I ever did. So well, wait a minute, you, wait a minute. You can't leave about, us on, you, you can't leave us hanging there. I mean, yeah. I know what you did, um, but maybe the listeners don't know what you did. So give us a little bit of what you did for the Yankees in the dirt. Well, at the time at the time, you know, the business had been kind of plateaued and, and I was trying to figure out a way to get the teams and the leagues involved. So it'd be more collectibles. I wanted to get game used bases and balls and I wanted to get more stuff out of the clubhouse. So we created a partnership with the Yankees, which enabled them to give me game use stuff from all the games, lineup cards. We were coming up with all kinds of ideas. We were selling the grass, the dirt, everything. And people were loving it. And what was amazing is that so many teams followed because I was leading the business at that time. And I know the business needed to expand. And I tell people, if you're leading in your industry, you sometimes have to do things to help your industry more than helping yourself. 
If you really mm -hmm. want to be a true leader in your business, sometimes you're doing stuff that's not always as helpful directly at the moment for you. But as the business expands, if you're a leader, you're growing too. And again, it's always back to growth. So it took me two years to do this deal. It was not easy. But I knew it would be an industry game changer, and it changed everything. It changed the way everyone viewed the business. It changed the, the, the size of the business. It got the players more involved. And then all the leagues and teams started getting involved with collectibles, selling their pucks, selling their sticks, selling their footballs, everything else. So we really initiated something that was bigger than me, which is what you really hope to do with your life. You, you want to create something that's bigger than you. I want. I don't want to be an extraordinary guy. I want to be the only. Like that yeah, guy. I you like know what it. that guy did? You know, that guy sold over $50 million of dirt. He sold the old Yankee Stadium, which I did. I sold the old Yankee Stadium. I've taken down uh, Texas Stadium. I've sold stuff from Wrigley Field, Fenway, um, a kind of white man's version of Sanford and Son. But it starts <laughs> with like a 12-year-old just trying to think about how to grow his paper route and coming up with the idea that, wow, that lady must be really struggling on, on, on when the weather's bad. Hmm. So I just want people to understand, like, it's the same thing now with the new business. I'm sitting on my couch and my wife's like, what are you going to do with all this stuff? Because I had all these collectibles in my living room. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and several thousand. So I'm like, you mean when I die, what, what should you do? Because we're probably nervous for her that. <laughs> you get so much stuff. No yeah. So I come up with the idea that, you know, I probably need to create a website for people. There's probably a lot of people like me. They're getting older. They have all these collectibles. You know, my age bracket, everybody was a saver. And mm. I came up with a great company, a system for people that are older, particularly to be able to get their stuff up on a site to sell it, help them authenticate it, help them verify it. And we become like this hub. And it starts with me just thinking like, wow, if it's like this for me, it's probably like this for a lot of other people that are sitting in our homes and uh, with you know, all my these wife things that they collected, whether yeah. it's Beanie Babies or you know sports paraphernalia or 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 collectible plates or dishes or my goodness, when my mom and I had to move her out of her house, she had three sets of china. You know, I mean, these things were like wow, things that people don't you know the younger generation they don't really want anymore. Exactly, but they're sellable. So, and, you know, they were the collectibles. The cool stuff the young kids do want, they're definitely mm -hmm. more picky than we were. You know, it's like there's definitely a bunch of stuff they're like, no, no, no. But they, what's it, what's really been amazing for me is that because I was always nervous. I spent a lot of time as I was building this business and this industry, a lot of time on children and kids because mm -hmm. you just get the first collectible in their hand, then they become a collector. So I spent an enormous amount of time getting kids involved with what I was doing, still do to this day, because they're always the future, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, at the at the end of the day, kids, the fact that they love trading cards, and they love collectibles has been an amazing blessing. I was extremely worried about five, six, seven years ago whether kids were going to jump on board because a lot of the, a lot of things did get dropped uh, by this new generation. TVs. You know, even well, cars, they, like a lot of they, them don't want a car. They got to be shown, TV. right? You got to take them and show them the value and the information on it. And look how this card yeah. is. And this card was, you know, so-and-so's, you know, rookie season. And and this is what he did. Now you know him, but nobody knew him back then. And this card that I got for, you know, 10 cents is now worth, you know, you know, $10,000, right? But it's, you know, the potential is always there. And I think it's just the excitement of yeah. of touching, looking, learning, and then the value of it, which really, truly, uh, 
um, makes it exciting. And, and like anything, you know, my grandson is, is living with me now and it's like, I'm taking him to the library and he hasn't gone to the library. So now he's like, oh, wow, look at this book, look at that book. And we're having that experience with him of holding on to a book rather than playing a video game or watching TV. So I think as you're prepping your, the next generation to be buyers for you, you're showing them something that they, that, that, you know, they missed or they could. I think missed. it's important that you, you got to try to avoid telling people what to do and show them what to do. I did that in exactly. my third book, particularly like uh, I went through this whole process when I turned 50 and that's what that book is about. It's like, you know, what do you do after you've had some success? What do you do? And how do you improve on some of the other, you know, we've all kicked our ass in business, but maybe you're not the husband or wife you think you're going to be or the, mm -hmm. or the parent or the friend. And the book kind of covers all those things. And like, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't tell people what to do in this book, which could have easily been because I went to all these gurus around the country and said, how do I become a better father? How do I have my better sex life? How do I have a better friendship? And I just said, rather than telling people what I learned, I showed them what I learned mm -hmm. and how I put it into play. So it's a very easy book. You know, as you get older, it's always easier to digest other people's learnings than on your own. Yeah, <laughs> so and it's so funny. The younger I, I, generation, yeah. they don't want to hear. My family wasn't too happy with me. Yeah, because <laughs> I was extremely uh, transparent in the book. Mm. I, I, I was like, this, this is where I'm at. Like, I suck. I suck at this. Like, I messed this up. I screwed this up. But this is what I did to fix it. Mm. So it was a really interesting book, um, the Living on Purpose book. And I think that's kind of how you know, I try to live my life that way now. And I urge people to be like you and your grandchild, which is, you know, get to the library, man, and, and start discovering things wherever that library may be. That library may be a person that's a little older than you living next door that's a library that's a living mm -hmm. library man i look for libraries everywhere i'm not you know whether you go to the actual library you just find people that have incredible amounts of knowledge and try to you know absorb in that's that's all it's all really really priceless stuff that i think a lot of people miss miss if mm -hmm. i ask like i ask most people like tell me about your neighbors give me your five closest neighbors and what they do and how much they know where they're from where they went to people don't even know nothing they know nothing I'm like, those people are stone far away from your house that are probably sitting with a ton of knowledge. God knows they may be able to help you in your business and nobody even wants to. That's where the curiosity comes in. Mm, love it. So stay curious, right? Stay enthusiastic. Wow. Brandon, this has been just so much fun to think about how to grow your business, right? And how to be a better person and growth in all areas of our life, right? So, and, and you've written a lot of books, you've done a lot of great things. Where can listeners find out more about you, your new, your new, uh, your new companies, um, maybe ways, you know, that they can grow, uh, themselves better. Well, you can get the books on collectibleexchange.com and they're free. Just pay for shipping and, uh, brandonsteiner.com. You know, all my speaking, you know, the money goes to charity. So, um, if you have a sales force, you have some, uh, inspiration and motivation in, in a company that you're working at. I'm happy to come and work with you. And I'm going to end on one quick story, if you don't mind. Please. Jack Taylor, um, he was the founder of Enterprise Rent-A-Car. He was in the Navy, and the boat that he rode was the Enterprise. Now, for people that don't know, the Enterprise Rent-A-Car company is not only the biggest in the world, but it's bigger than Avis, Hertz, and Budget, and whoever the number four is combined. That's how big they are. Anyway, Jack got out of the Navy and uh, he decided to work for a Cadillac dealership. For the young ones out there, that used to be a meaningful thing, you know, to get a caddy. 
But anyway, this is many years ago, and he saw that a bunch of cars were getting damaged, accidents, breaking down, and people needed their cars to borrow. So he to- went to the deal, and he said, it's okay if I buy a few cars, and I could kind of rent them out as people need them. He says, great. So he bought four cars, went to eight, 12, 16, and you know, the rest is history. But you know, the question I want to ask you is, so huge, huge rent-a-car agency. Can you, can you tell me the percentage of people that go to Enterprise Rent-A-Car to rent a car out at the airport for travel, your vacation? You know, out of 100%, how, what percentage of those people go and actually rent a car? Just take a guess. Through Enterprise, probably the number's pretty small because their claim to fame, I believe, is something more important about the service and the convenience that you're looking for. So they may not be the cheapest, you know, but no, they're the cheapest. They're cheap. They're very competitive with everyone else. But they do and something the so much more. It's 15%. It's outrageous. 15% of the people that get cars from an enterprise are getting it from a, a tourist, a, a vacation, a business trip. What Jack Taylor figured out is that people need a replacement car. So when you go to an insurance company, when you get into an accident, enterprise, enterprise. When you actually go to a dealership, you need to rent a car, enterprise. They've cut deals with all these dealerships, all these collision shops, all these insurance companies. And they set their company up to serve a definite need, which is more than just renting a car. It's a replacement car when we're out, car gets totaled or whatever else. And what's interesting, what I say to a lot of people that are listening out there, which is, you may think you're working for a simple business, but there's no such thing. Maybe you're in insurance, maybe you're in real estate, whatever it is, there's always another way, like Jack Taylor looked at it differently. There's always another way to look at your business and extend it out differently and get your head on a swivel. And it's just amazing that like, this guy, he's in the Navy, and he's opening up a pretty basic concept. I'm going to just rent people cars that need a car. And all of a sudden, he finds the niche. Riches are always in the niches. Mm. And he finds a niche. And then he chases after the people that are going to need that niche, that's connected with that niche, which is collision shops, insurance companies, and other dealerships. So when you look at your business, go past the obvious that it's pretty straightforward, simple business, which is what you think, but it really isn't. None of our businesses are that simple. I could have said, look, it's a ball, you autograph it. Nobody was thinking about the dirt that Derek Jeter was standing on. Nobody was thinking about the, the uh, outfield walls, the padding, and taking those off and having the guy sign them. Nobody's thinking about taking the foul pole and cutting up to a million pieces. So there's always a lot more to your business than just a straight line. And, you know, be Jack Taylor. Like, yeah, respect your business for what it is, the core of it. But realize there's probably a bunch of other angles to your business that you're just not thinking about. So get out of your head, increase your curiosity, increase your enthusiasm, and it'll lead you to that entrepreneurial spirit. I love it. I love it, Brandon. Thank you so very much. This is this is again been really valuable and eye-opening. So, hey, listeners, I hope you found a couple ideas today to put into your business that'll make it be more profitable. Like, my goodness, thinking like um, you know, cutting up a a, a baseball field and selling it differently, <laughs> or or making yourself more service friendly for the problem that your customers have, like with the enterprise car rental. You know, think about things differently. I know that I am. And um, it's just, I think it's the way to really differentiate yourself in the market and allow you to be growing and and be out there first. So, all right. Well, as I mentioned before, how would you like to supercharge your business? Go download my new Profit Booster Playbook with 
packed with five profit strategies and the actionable steps you need to make 2024 your most profitable year ever. Go grab it for free at boostingprofit.com. Well, while you're at it, since you've gotten some fantastic ideas from this show, right? Why don't you post in the comment your best idea and what you might do or think about uh, in your business to help you grow? Go put it in the comments and Brandon and I will uh, respond on it. And while you're at it, subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's show. And always you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thank you so much, Brandon. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thank you.